Hey, I'm Nikki. And I'm Emily. And welcome to That Six Letter Word, a podcast about being 20-something and living with that six-letter word that no one wants to hear, cancer. We are two friends that have lived and are living with this diagnosis, and we have some similarities and many differences. We dive into our experiences as young women, patients, friends, and survivors. Our hope is that this podcast resonates with any person going through any challenge, not just cancer. And we're here to remind you that we're all just people taking life one step at a time and spreading joy as often as we can. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. You know, we are, we're still here. We're still mostly hunkered down in our houses. I'm drinking a lot more. And oh, man, uh, I am, I am drinking a crap ton these days, but it truly is a challenge to get through the winter here. And I am of the opinion that whatever you have to do, you do. Yeah. Well, I have no excuse. It's 70 in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I'm just, just drinking some wine, but did you realize that alcohol is a cancer causing agent? You know, what's so funny is that I kind of did. And what an excellent and quick and easy segue because alcohol is something that, you know, we've joked about is technically on the list of carcinogens. If you go to cancer.org, the American Cancer Society. Uh, And there are also a lot of other things that are carcinogens. We're pretty much all living in carcinogenic worlds. And we wanted today to break down some of the myths kind of associated with those things. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't know what carcinogen was, because I just had to Google it, it, and I had cancer, it is things that cause cancer for you. So just a little FYI. But one of my favorite myths, and I know we both feel so passionately about this, is does eating healthy prohibit you from getting cancer? Or does eating sugar cause cancer? The amount of people that I have have told me that if I went plant-based, I probably could have reduced my odds of getting cancer or it could have helped along my cancer journey. And I'm like, dude, there's no scientific evidence that anything that you intake can cause cancer. Like, yeah, like eat a healthy, balanced diet and don't overdo it. But I just, I can't wrap my head around that one. It is, it's really crazy. And it's something that, like, we have to be clear. Obviously, we're not doctors, but also. Oh, yeah, no MD over here. (laughs) We wish. But also, I think that it goes without saying that correlation and causation are two different things. And so people who tend to eat healthy probably also tend to work out somewhat regularly and have other kind of factors in their life that make them healthy. But again, we both were poster children for being healthy individuals until we were told that we had cancer. And so the insinuation that if we had just eaten a little bit more kale leading up to this, we would have avoided this fate altogether is insane. And to be honest with you, if you if you if you you in your heart of hearts believe that eating kale and garlic 
would have saved us from this, I, I really urge you to reconsider because it's crazy. I Even people who don't smoke their whole lives can get lung cancer. Even people who smoke their whole lives don't get lung cancer. Like even the ones that were taught are direct, easy, causative explanations don't always boil down to make any sense. Uh, and I hope that if you take anything away, that's it from today and all the myths we're going to try and bust for you. Oh my God. The amount of myths. I think we should just go through them. Yeah, let's just go. This one will be a little bit shorter. Oh wait, by the way. Hi, welcome back. This is that six letter word. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. Okay. So should we go through the list? Cause we have a list. Yeah, let's go through our list. We're just going to kind of comment on some of these. It'll be a little bit shorter episode. Uh, you know, just some of the myths that you've either heard or been told or like your friends who read like weird health magazines that don't make any sense. They might have told you, uh, you know, a similar myth is that drinking water uh, prevented you from getting COVID-19. That was a classic myth that went around early on. Uh, these are different and they're related to cancer, but you know, in the same vein. Yeah. So the first one, do cell phones cause cancer? Thoughts, Nikki. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. I mean, everybody has a cell phone. Literally. I mean, I, I can't speak for every individual on planet earth, but I'd say it's safe to say that hundreds of millions of them, if not billions, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a statistician. Yeah, no. Cell phones don't cause cancer. We're all carrying around cell phones. We're all looking at cell phones. We're sleeping next to cell phones. We're freaking holding them against our bodies. Half the time, I'm sitting on mine. Yeah. Without even so. knowing it. I have to ping it on my Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it, lo and behold, I'm sitting on it. Yeah, I, no. Cell phones don't cause cancer. Um, do power lines cause cancer? I read that one on like some cancer.org uh, website and I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like who would have thought that, oh, living next to a power line, like everybody has to be around power unless you're in the freaking Amazon. And yeah, I guarantee you they get a Wi-Fi one. signal out there. Yeah, this is a crazy one. I didn't know that this was a thing that people ask either. Like I know, you know, there are places where there's like radiation of sorts, like you live next to like a nuclear power plant. That's different. A normal power line, I didn't even know this was a myth. The answer is still no. Right? Yeah. Does cancer.org yeah. agree? Am I lying? Yeah, <laughs> cancer.org was like, yeah, no. I don't know where you got this from. Classic. But, yeah. Oh, and then, I mean, this one, I have a lot of feelings about. The question, you know, are there herbal products that cure cancer? Uh, the answer is that if there was an herbal product that definitively and scientifically cured cancer, they would already be giving it to us. I want to make that very clear. The MDs all over the world who have dedicated their entire lives to this, they would be giving it to us instead of chemo if it worked as definitively as a lot of Instagram influencers think that it does. So in, in that same like mindset too, or on that same train of thought, one there isn't a known cure for cancer, like chemotherapy, exactly. like radiation, all those, they just stop it in its track. It doesn't go on to prove that it can cure cancer. It just kind of halts what it, what's happening with your cells. And then two, like I understand herbal products, CBD, anything like that. It can 
mitigate some of the symptoms you may be experiencing while you're going through all of like your journey, whatever, like the side effects and everything. But I just, exactly what Nikki said, if there was an herbal product, they would give it to us. Yeah. They, if, science, like, if there was a cure yeah. out there, they would give it to us. Exactly. In if general. science agreed with this, and, and there, are, there are a lot of crazy people sitting around who are like, well, the pharmaceutical companies are just trying to sell stuff. Again, this is, I, I could go on with this argument all day. People who argue that the COVID-19 vaccine is for pharmaceuticals to make money. This is another argument that I'm just not going to have with those people because I think it's very obvious that the millions of doctors and researchers and pharmaceutical employees, what's the pharmacists? Jesus. Um, their goal at the end of the day is to help people be healthy. And it's shitty that sometimes it's through these really aggressive chemical means, but this is where we're at as humans. And so, um, again, I want to make it very clear. If you are someone who knows someone in your life who's going through cancer of any kind, recommending to them that they drink, for example, asparagus juice, that's one that I've heard, garlic, you know, oh, you should eat more turmeric because it reduces inflammation. We know that turmeric reduces inflammation. Cancer is not the same as inflammation. So please do that cancer patient a favor and don't recommend that to them. It's like really upsetting that you as a person who reads magazines sometimes um, can think that you're smarter than a bunch of oncologists who have, again, dedicated their lives to this. So let's be clear. No, there are not herbal products that cure cancer. And if you're trying to recommend them to someone, just don't. Just keep it to yourself. Practice that stuff on your own. Happy for you. Hope that it works and you never get cancer. But that doesn't mean that it worked. It just means that you were lucky enough not to get cancer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I can attest to the whole like garlic thing because I lived with Nikki and I don't know if she still does this, but she used to put garlic salt on her popcorn. Oh, everything. I <laughs> And like I, the mashed <laughs> potatoes she made were just pure garlic. <laughs> I put garlic, listen, here are some weird things that I put garlic on. Uh, you're making an omelet with eggs in the morning. I saute garlic and put it in my omelets. It's delicious. Don't at me. Popcorn, garlic, salt, always. Also, nutritional yeast is delicious on popcorn, I learned recently. Oh, nutritional yeast? Oh, my God. It's like fake cheese. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, how come no one's been talking about that? I just learned about it, like, this year. It's so good. It's I yummy. went, like, plant-based for, like, 21 days. This is pre-cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And I lasted about five days and That's it was a whole challenge was. my gym was doing. But one of the things that they had us buy or that they recommended that we buy is nutritional yeast. And I put that on everything I ate just to give it some flavor. It's low-key so good, like on popcorn. Um, but yeah, no garlic salt still reigns supreme and I am the queen of garlic. And if garlic cured cancer, again, I, I definitely would have never gotten it if that were the case because I eat more garlic than any normal human probably should. Um, yeah, that's our stance on herbal products related to cancer. Do we have any other rants involved with this one? I think I spoke most of my piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm all good on that one. The next one that I think is a fair question in all honesty is are all cancers hereditary? Cause when I first got diagnosed and as far as I know, and like our entire lineage 
brain cancer had never occurred. And then we kind of got to thinking, we we're like, oh, but like this person died at such a young age or like this person died like way back in like 1800s or whatever when modern medicine wasn't obviously a thing and so it's like oh there's like a high likelihood of it being and my doctor was saying that some cancers are hereditary um but the type of cancer that I had that I was experiencing it was just a gene mutation it was a random gene mutation and he was like you it had nothing to do with who your family was. It was just, it happened like as soon as like the cells were splitting and you were being created. So I was, and that's a fair, it's a fair question, but I, and then it also had me thinking, I was like, oh my God, am I going to pass cancer down to my, my children and like all of that? Cause then it gets you thinking if you go into a doctor's office and it's your first time there and they're like, oh, do you have a family history of cancer? And you say, yes. It's like, yeah, there might be like a small percentage, like higher that you could potentially have cancer one day, but it also doesn't mean that that is a guarantee. Yeah. And it is, it's a tough one because it is like, of all the questions people asked me that I felt weird answering, this was the most appropriate, right? Like this one makes sense to be like, wow, like, did this happen in your family? Like, and I want to make everyone's like searching for meaning and all this, right? So of course everyone wants to say like, wow, how can we like find a thing that makes this make sense? And that is a question that makes sense to ask. But yeah, I mean, like Emily said, no, not all cancers are hereditary. The only one that comes off the top of my head is like, we know that certain types of breast cancer, you can be predisposed. Like there's the BRCA gene that you can get tested for. And then you have this gene that makes you I think it's like 30 to 40% more likely than your peers to develop cancer. And I know this because I've been watching a great TV show where they talk about this, but that's not true for all types of cancer, right? And again, like there are so many smart people doing research to understand this and to help answer this question. And the answer is still, no, it's not hereditary. We've tried to figure it out. We can't track down a gene or a certain, you know, trait. Uh, that predicts that you'll get this or that you got from your parents that forced you to get this. And yeah, it's crazy. Uh, one book that I read that I loved, and I don't know if people care enough, but there's a book called The Emperor of All Maladies. And it's this really impressive doctor who like tracks through the history of cancer. And it's more like the history of how we've understood it over time. Um, and it doesn't answer all these questions, but as I'm talking about the hereditary piece, he talks a lot about like when we understood whether it was hereditary or not and, you know, predictors and, and it's a really interesting read if you actually care enough to like learn about the history of this from a medical perspective. And again, if you're someone who believes that garlic cures cancer, then this book uh, probably is important for you to read, but probably also won't change your mind if that's what you uh, already believe. But just a suggestion. The answer is no, all cancers are not hereditary. <laughs> Um, okay, the next one, does deodorant cause cancer? And this is one that people actually asked me directly. I know that this comes up a lot in the conversations about breast cancer as well, but it has come up in conversations about lymphoma. Like I've had people say like, oh, well, it's probably because you were using, you know, aluminum deodorant that you got aluminum near your lymph nodes and it caused cancer. Um, the answer is no, it doesn't. There are studies that show that when you use aluminum deodorant, you can get those aluminum, part excuse me, aluminum particles 
uh, like in your skin, they'll kind of stick around for longer than like normal particles that you can wash off. But there isn't science that supports that those like aluminum salts actually cause the cancer in that area. This is something you can Google, you can read about it. Again, there are a lot of people trying to make sense of things. And I think that deodorant makes sense. You can blame it because it's in the same area where breast cancer and lymphoma um, show up. It's near your lymph nodes, it's not necessarily lymphoma, but no. I don't know. Any other ones on that, Emily? I kind of talked for a while. No, I didn't actually get asked that one. So, but I saw it on a list. So, yeah, it's interesting because lymphoma, everyone assumes your lymph nodes are in your armpits and therefore lymphoma is in your armpits and therefore deodorant caused it. Uh, people don't know that lymphoma is blood cancer. So it's kind of different. But yeah, no, this is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, one that I found was somebody said that cosmetics can cause cancer like makeup or like lotions or whatever your like your skin's like absorbing and there is no scientific evidence that that is ever the case but and like the along the same lines like hair dye and other like processes that like you put on your hair or like highlights or whatever like there's no evidence that like the chemicals found in like any of that like can increase your risk of cancer. Cause I even, there was one thought that came through my, went through my head, like, cause I was like brain cancer, like my hair, like I highlight my hair and I was like, oh my God, have I been just like oozing all these cancer chemicals into my brain? And then uh, I was like, and then I kind of like read about it and I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm so dumb. No. <laughs> Anything you want to add on that one? Um, no, I mean, I've, it's the same thing. That's, it, it is almost similar where like, as soon as it was lymphoma, people are like, oh my God, well, it's near your armpits. Is it the deodorant? And I'm like, guys, why are you making me question myself? And I mean, like you said, no, there's no evidence that points to any of these chemicals. Again, does putting chemicals in and around and on your body make you slightly less healthy compared to when you popped out of your mother's womb with only all natural body products. Yeah. Maybe. Is it cool to like use products that aren't tested on animals and kill them? Sure. Will they make you get cancer? No. It's very simple. I use drugstore makeup that probably is tested on animals for better or for worse. It didn't cause my cancer. <laughs> um, yeah. This one's kind of absurd. I, did anyone, I don't know if anyone asked you this question, but this does show up on lists online. The question, is cancer contagious? No. No. I mean, there's some, like, so I actually read up on this because I was like, who would ever ask this question? But there are, like, in certain cases, like, there were questions popping up on, like, if you got an organ donated from you, like, that like the person who had that organ prior to you had a, hist a family history of cancer or a history of cancer, but they were like, most of the time, if you're an organ donor, they'd like you to not have like a family history or like not a family history, but like a personal history of cancer. So I could see how that kind of like gets intertwined in that. But then yeah, also- Yeah, that makes sense as a question. Yeah, but then there's also like, you know, like the- HPV like I mean that's just like a virus that's transmitted to you that like is a cancer causing virus 
and like hep B I think is another one. Yeah, that's a good point. Those are, those are just viruses that can carry like those like cancer cells and whatever. But like, if somebody you know has cancer, like being around them doesn't make you cause like get cancer. Like that's just like if I touch somebody who has cancer at the moment, I won't immediately get cancer. (laughs) It's not like you know those like like I think it's like some cartoon that they want to show like the. I think they did it, like, with the flu of, like, the flu germs, like, if you touch, like, somebody, it's, like, this, like, like, lime green neon thing that, like, just goes, and, like, just, like, covers your body. I, what is that from? I don't know. I don't remember, but it sounds kind of creepy. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's just, it's, like, showing, like, the transmission of, like, germs, and so it's not like that by any means. Right, yeah, and in the age of COVID, we're, like, hyper aware of this, right? I was wearing masks before it was cool because I couldn't catch anyone else's germs, but it wasn't a matter of spreading cancer. And that, you know, like Emily said, there are a few kind of specific cases where there are viruses that can increase your risk, but no, hanging out with people with cancer, going to, you know, oncology offices, sitting in the chemo room. No, you're not going to catch cancer. Uh, Please don't believe that. Also, just as a friendly reminder, most of these questions that we're asking, it took us a single Google search to debunk them. So just a friendly reminder that the internet can give you a lot of terrible information, but also if you read carefully, can give you helpful factual information to debunk stuff like this, uh, which I think is important to mention in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Google at your disposal, so use it. Yeah, use it. Use it wisely, but you know. Yeah. One that I did come across, and I had never thought about it, and nobody had ever said this to me, was a biopsy or surgery will cause cancer to spread. And I was like, how? And then I kind of read up on it, and they think that, like, when these cancer cells are exposed to air or like punctured by a needle, like, or during surgery, it'll spread to other tissue. So it's like a real thing that happens or they like think that maybe it does? No, they think, they think it does, but this is obviously a myth. Like it does not cause, it does not cause like cancer to spread anywhere else. I mean, obviously I had my brain open and had an entire tumor um taken out of me but and I mean Nikki you've had multiple biopsies and it's and like we get like cat scans to make sure or like pet scans to make sure it like has not spread or anything but and one fun fact about cancer brain cancer is that it only starts in the if it starts in the brain it can't metastasize anywhere yeah, wait, can you, like, explain that in a couple sentences? Because I remember you told me about this recently, and I didn't know this. I don't know if it's a myth to debunk, but it's an interesting tidbit for people to understand, I think. Yeah, so, and I think I kind of touched on it lightly in, uh, like, when I was talking about, like, my story or whatever. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, just to, like, a refresher or whatever, because this was the main question when I first got diagnosed. I was, like, has it metastasized elsewhere? and my doctor was saying like, no, it's legitimately, I think like a very high, like 98, 99 percentage that like, if the cancer starts in the brain, it will not spread to other parts of the body. 
However, when you hear of people who um, have, like, died of, like, metastasized, like, brain cancer, it's because it started somewhere else in the body and it metastasized up to the brain. Because the blood-brain barrier is incredibly thick to, like, penetrate. And so, like, the like how it was explained to me was that like it can't like you can't get can't you can't have the brain cancer like spread to like other parts of your body like it's a super low percentage and they were like I think they've only ever had like one case at MD Anderson where it had like spread to like other parts of the brain or not other parts of the body and had first started out in the brain wow that's wild this is educational yeah fun facts yeah, that's and then like it's funny because then the on the flip side, when cancer's in your lymph nodes, it is spreading. It's it's more likely to spread more quickly because those are like kind of control units in your body. Um, and that was an interesting one. Is like as soon as they found my mass, that was the first thing they looked was for my lymph nodes. Um, and again, there's a myth that lymphoma is in your lymph nodes. Lymphoma doesn't necessarily mean it's in your lymph nodes. Lymphoma is a blood cancer that can metastasize into your lymph nodes, but it may not. Um, that was one of the questions, like people at work who I didn't know well, and I would say like, oh yeah, it was lymphoma. And they're like, oh, so your lymph nodes, like, did you have to get surgery? And I was like, no, that's actually a misconception. Uh, my lymph nodes are fine. You know, they're doing well. Um, it's interesting. Shit's wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I just remembered? And this has nothing to do with this topic. But Nikki, you had like a raspy voice for a while because like wasn't like your tumor pressing on some nerve? Yeah, this is a wild one that like we still haven't fully gotten an explanation, but a common symptom. So people who go in and discover like mediastinal masses like what I had, a common symptom is that you have like respiratory infection issues where like you have a raspy voice, you're coughing, like you think that you have a respiratory infection, which is what I thought I had. And I had this super raspy voice. I like wish we had video because I don't think we do, but I could like barely talk out loud. My voice was so quiet. It was so raspy. And kind of what I understood is basically that this mass was getting so big that it was pressing on, I think, I don't know if it was my vocal cord directly or like a nerve in the area, but it was basically pressing physically on something and preventing my voice from being loud from projecting from kind of being normal. Um, so it's really interesting because as we're going, people thought that that was like a side effect of the chemo. And in reality, it got better with the chemo because the mass shrunk a lot. And that was just a weird thing. Yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. And I mean, that kind of goes along with, I know we've said this many times before, but the myth that all cancers are the same and also that all chemos are the same and they're all super different and what gives symptoms for you to go learn about that cancer or the side effects of the treatment itself are insanely different so i mean i think an important myth to debunk is that they're all the same and we i know we've really addressed this especially in kind of the bodies episode but yeah that was something that i learned when my voice was really scratchy and then we learned why it wasn't a respiratory infection yeah, and, like, I think that is an important, like, myth to, I think, kind of end it on. It's, like, not every person, like, every person's cancer journey is the same. It's, like, obviously here, Nikki and I sit, and we had, 
we had cancer, but obviously there were different cancers, like different treatments, all of that. And we had very, we had some similar experiences, but we also had like very vastly different experiences. And so I think one of the points that I want to drive home on this is just because you see somebody going through cancer and like, or chemotherapy or radiation or something of like that, and you see their side effects doesn't mean that if you are in a similar situation, those will be your side effects. Yeah, exactly. And to go along with that, it doesn't mean that every person in each of these situations experiences the same, like emotional and mental side effects isn't the word, but like everyone has a different experience processing this. And the more people I talk to, even like TV shows that I watch where someone's going through this and clearly they talked to a cancer patient to get input on, on what the experience was like, but yeah, your body reacts really differently. And so does your brain and your emotions. And yeah, I think it's important to, to realize that and to know that you're not the ex, the only person who's the expert on their experience is them. And so giving people space and not trying to assign like reasons for how it happened, which goes back to a lot of these myths or like, what's the best treatment option for that person? Or like, you know, what's the best way for them to recover mentally and physically? Um, it's all individual. It's all unique. And, you know, asking people what they need and what their experience is like is the best way to understand that. As soon as you start making assumptions, it, you break down uh, a bridge with that person, I would say. Yeah. What's that saying? If you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Oh, that was good. I've never heard that before. Really? No. <laughs> That's the perfect place to end. Yes. Jesus. Uh, well, I'm glad we had this conversation. It's a quick and easy one. It's an important yeah. reminder to everybody. Um, yeah. Especially to- as we head into the long winter of quarantine. Just, you know, check on people. Don't assume anything. This can be related or unrelated to cancer, but everyone's different and has what's right for them and how they got to where they are. And you know, talking about it, I think is the healthiest thing we can do, especially right now. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's a perfect way to end that. So short and sweet. We like it after some pretty long episodes in the past, but I think with that. All right. With that, thank you for tuning in to that six letter word. We hope you get out there. Be kind, spread joy, get weird and fuck shit up. And we'll talk next time. Bye. That Six Letter Word is recorded and edited by Nikki Steltenkamp and Emily Sweet using GarageBand. Our song is from GarageBand and our cover art is by Jazz Parker. We'll talk to you next time.